Hi, I'm Alex L., and I write books for a living. The Hey Girl podcast was created with sisterhood and storytelling in mind. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Join us as we journey through sharing together. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hi, Francesca. Thank you for joining me today. How are you? I'm doing really good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm honored that you said yes to this. I saw your interview with Mother Mag and was completely blown away. You and your daughters are just beautiful, and I'm so excited to be able to talk with you a little more and get to know you better. But before we get started, can you please let the Hey Girl listeners know who you are and what you do? Sure. I am Francesca Hashim. Uh, born and raised in the San Francisco Bay Area, and I am the brand marketing director at Everlane. Just full transparency here, Everlane is a sponsor of this podcast, so that's actually pretty great and awesome to have you on, and I would love to just start our conversation with talking about intertwining work, life, and motherhood, and how you're creating balance in your life through it all. So how does harmony of those things come up for you in a day-to-day basis, rather? Harmony feels like a strong word from where I'm at right now. I think that I'm definitely trying to get to a harmonious place with balancing motherhood, work, and life. But what Mm -hmm. I will say is that what motherhood has done, which is completely unexpected for me, is that it has given me just a sense of clarity that I just was not prepared for. Mm -hmm. I think the way that your time is limited of trying to balance work, life, and motherhood, it becomes a forcing function for you to realize what are the things that are ultimately important to you and what are the things that bring you joy. And through that, I have to be an active participant in my life in a way that I wasn't before. You know, you kind of just like let time flow. You let the weeks go by. You're a little bit more easy going with your approach to life. And I think motherhood has given me this restriction in time, yes, but also mm-hmm. this beautiful level of clarity of like where I'm like, okay, if I want to prioritize spending time with my girls and I want to model the life for them that shows one of happiness and joy, how do I make sure that I'm making that space for myself? Do you find that having kids, I know I have three of my own, so I totally resonate with what you're saying, but do you find that you can see time as you watch the babies grow up and like the evolution of it in person? I feel like when raising kids, it's just so much more evident than life without kids. Absolutely. And the way that you can see how they take in the world and how they grow and how they pick up and mature time over time. Like I remember before having kids, I used to think that it was ridiculous when you went to like a playground or you met up with mother friends and they would say, my child is 17 months. And you'd be like, what is 17 months? Is that a year and a half? A little bit over a year? And like you didn't get how meaningful each month was and Mm. how much of a different person your kid becomes and how those 30 days have such an impact on their life and the person that they're becoming. And so now I have become that mom where I'm like, oh, let me think, is it 21 or is it 22? It's actually 21 in 10 days because they're thinking through how each day has, it really matters for them. And they change so much and it's, it's just a beautiful process. And it, it's a very different experience looking at your calendar through the lens of Hallmark holidays or birthdays mm. or work schedules because you can see a person becoming themselves day over day. Yes. Um, Which makes time feel way more powerful. I love how you said a person becoming themselves because you have twin girls. Are they identical or fraternal? They're fraternal. 
how do their differences come up? Even though they shared the womb, I'm sure they're thick as thieves. How is it like seeing their toddlerhood bloom and their differences show up in their little lives? Yeah, it's such a unique blessing to watch these two little girls experience life at the very same time, mm-hmm. the very same moments, but in very different ways. And you realize that like, there's only so much influence that you have as a parent on shaping the formation of who these people are, right? Like as much as I would want to believe I've given certain parts of my character and my identity or my husband's character and identity to the girls, Mm -hmm. watching twins grow up at the same time and become two distinct individuals who, you know, everything from the way they interact with other children and people and family and friends, the way that they eat food and their preferences and, you know, tell (laughs) jokes, you realize just kind of how light your fingerprints are on their self-identity who they are. Mm. So that has been beautiful to watch and it, it catches me off guard still. You know, people ask that question of how much to like are they? And they're very different. Mm-hmm. They're very different, but I am even taken aback by the fruition of that over time. What have they taught you about freedom and identity? I mean, even though they are twins, as you mentioned, they're very different. And as you watch them grow and change in their own unique ways, how is it nudging you to grow and change in your own unique ways outside of motherhood and within it? They have really taught me the power of letting go. I think that there were certain ways in which I self-identified with myself, you know, where you say like, I am a person who is X, Y, Z, and you hold yourself accountable to this kind of very rigid archetype of who you believe yourself to be. And becoming a mom and having twins and watching them and kind of watching their life evolve and watching me become a parent to them, I've realized that all of the things that I had, not all of the things, but a lot of things that I had prescribed to my identity weren't actually who I was at its core. It was just ways in which I like operated in the world. Yes, you know, there are times in which I do like things to be particularly organized and scheduled and I like to have a plan for things, but that's not who I am. That's just how I make sense of the world. Mm -hmm. And so like I begin to kind of pull things apart of like, what are the ways that I like to operate in the world and what are the things that are actually true to me and myself, which it's been a fun exercise becoming a mom and going through that self-identity exploration. Do you have a to-do list that never seems to end? Maybe it's running from a flight straight to a meeting or still having to cook dinner for yourself. Well, now Beta Brand's dress pant yoga pants are perfect for the office, home, and anywhere your day takes you. Beta Brand has the perfect pants to match. Choose from the dozens of colors, patterns, cuts, and styles like the boot cut, straight leg, skinny, cropped, and more. They even have a pair with eight, yes, eight pockets. And now they also offer premium denim with the same flexibility and comfort as yoga pants. Right now, my listeners can get 20% off their first order when you go to betabrand.com slash heygirl. That's 20% off your first order at betabrand.com slash heygirl. Millions of women agree that these are the most comfortable pants you'll ever wear to work. Go to betabrand.com slash heygirl for 20% off. That's really important and also extremely self-aware 
you know, I think that a lot of the times we have this projection of ourselves or internalized projection of like who mm-hmm. we should be, how we should be. And it's just like, no, maybe that's not how we are. Perhaps that's how we like things, but it's not necessarily, right. you know, who we are in this life and who we're meant to be necessarily. So I really love how you said that. Shifting gears just a bit with motherhood, with being a wife and being a woman in your career, of course, I have to talk about self-care because a big part of this podcast is exploring the different ways self-care shows up for us. What does it look like for you now? And what did it look like for you before? So self-care has been definitely a work in progress for me. I think I had to prioritize what self-care meant for me after having kids and going back to work. I found that it was incredibly easy for me to talk about being busy and being in the habit of being busy and rushing through my day or week and, you know, and praying for Friday when it was just Sunday night Mm. and wanting things to just like go through quickly so that I could just have time to myself on the weekend. And so I've done this actively still doing this exercise of how do I begin to prioritize and make space for things in my life that create joy? And that should be in my work day. How do I begin to really find the things that bring me joy within my day to day so that I can focus on those and prioritize and I feel good about the work that I do and how I show up in the office. But then mm-hmm. also, how do I make time for, yes, they are very rushed hours in the morning on my way in and trying to get the girls ready and then home with dinner and bath time. How do I still create space in those moments where I'm going to say the first 30 minutes when I get home, I'm not going to worry about dinner. I'm not going to worry about routine. I'm just going to sit down on the floor and ground myself with my kids mm-hmm. and laugh for a bit. And so really being active and vigilant around creating those like mini moments of joy have been incredibly important to me. I love many moments of joy. That is amazing. That might actually be the title of this episode, many <laughs> moments of joy. <laughs> Because it's so true, especially when your time is stretched and there's so many things to do and there's so many places to be, especially with kids. It was so funny. I have a a 12-year-old, a two-year-old, and a five-month-old. And we were headed to the park the other day, me, my husband, the girls, and my oldest looked at me and was like, it takes us so long to get out of the house these days. And I'm like... (laughs) You're right. It does. And it's in these many moments that we have to just pause and like not try to just like pull our hair out because we forgot something upstairs, you know, all of those things. Right. So I love many moments of joy because there's so much happening in the world personally and externally. And it's like, how do we find our center through all the happenings? Mm -hmm. How do we Mm -hmm. root deeper into our joy, even when things feel Mm -hmm. chaotic? And that's really where the peace of mind comes from. It's like in those moments of chaos, when you have to be like, okay, take a step back, let's breathe and let's just enjoy the now. It can be challenging, but so worth it at the end of it. Absolutely. And it's not something that I say lightly, like of it's course. something that you can just pick up and do mm-hmm. immediate. It took me a little bit to get there. It took me from a moment where I felt anxious deep in my core. Like I mm-hmm. think anxiety was just like rolling through my body. And I had to take time to figure out how can I create a sense of calm for myself? How can I show up and feel like I am a better version of myself amongst the chaos? And that 
did involve taking really serious measures, like I'm going to cancel that meeting on Friday so that I can make sure that I can go to an acupuncture appointment Hmm. because maybe that's what my body needs. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make sure that I take longer walks when I walk the dog in the morning because maybe I just need that extra 20 minutes versus 10 minutes to myself to like really clear my mind before I start the day. It also means like maybe you need to schedule a little therapy appointment and really have that space to talk things out and make sure that you do feel grounded and that you can be present when you show up and you function. So there are the many moments of joy did come from a lot of active work in Mm. order for me to get there and kind of realize the importance of those moments. And I love how you, I really enjoyed hearing you talk about like, it took kind of a big moment of anxiety or maybe many moments of anxiety to to shift and be like, hey, something's got to give here. And Uh I think in this day and age where self-care has become kind of trendy, it's important Uh for folks to have accessible tools of what it looks like to take care of themselves. And that list that you just gave is pivotal. And people can reach, I call it an emotional toolbox. People can reach into their emotional toolbox and take out a 20 minute walk or cancel that meeting to go on a wellness appointment or stay home, take a sick day, Uh you know? And Uh I think while maybe everyone won't be able to do it the same or in the same time, there are these free, mindful moments that we can lean into as we need them. And I do want to circle back a little bit and talk about your anxiety, if you don't mind, and how that Mm -hmm. manifested and how you're working on soothing it as it comes up in day-to-day life, maybe even today. Mm -hmm. Mm So my anxiety manifested. So I had a twin pregnancies can be across the board, you know, it can be pretty hectic when you are kind of preparing for two people inside of you. And I had a pregnancy that required me to be on bed rest. I went into preterm labor at 23 weeks. And so I was on bed rest from 23 weeks to 37 weeks. And during that time, I had to use all of my mental strength, every tool in my emotional toolbox to just remain calm and be easy because I was very conscious in the energy that I wanted my body to feel. I didn't want to feel stressed. I didn't want to feel frantic. I just really wanted to take that time as a blessing in disguise to focus on this wonderful experience of what it means to be pregnant. And so I realized that in doing so, that I never actually gave myself the ability to feel all of the feelings of that stress and what it meant and kind of the anxiety of all of the doctor's appointments that I was going and all of the stats they give you each week and the milestones that happen. And I wasn't allowing myself to process I was trying to be stoic in the moment, you know, Mm -hmm. and after I had the girls, all of the emotions came out. (laughs) Every pent up emotion from those weeks of me trying to be stoic were just let loose because, you know, they were out in the world. You were taking care of two newborns and trying to figure out what it means to be a mom, a caregiver, a provider. Mm-hmm. And then going back to work, what does it mean to also reestablish yourself in a leadership position when you have two kids at home? And so the anxiety just started to manifest like really physically of like shortening of breath, insomnia, mini panic attacks that were kind of rolling. They weren't aggressive, but they were just a little bit of rolling. And I, and talking to my husband, who was really great and a sense of strength through the whole thing, he's just like, you know, you really need to take the time to focus and find clarity and realize that you don't, you don't have to show up 100% to everything. Mm. You don't have to be the person that you were before. Like, it's okay to give a little. And so I really needed to hear that because in hearing that, it was like, 
okay, if I carve out this space to myself and do things like a therapy appointment or acupuncture, it does not mean that ultimately I'm giving less of myself to my kids or less of myself for work because, you know, I'm using two hours to myself. Mm. Um, I'm actually able to provide more of myself at a later time. And so I think that that in and of itself and kind of thinking through that taking time for myself doesn't mean that I'm taking time away from everyone else mm. was an important unlock for me. I want to tell you about The Sugar, a new podcast you should check out. I am so excited. It's a really special show for modern women of color. The Sugar is hosted by Tika Sumpner. You might know her as a model or from the hit show Mixtus, which me and my family love, or one of her other movie roles. And her co-host is Ty Randolph, who is an award-winning business exec and one of the heads of Kevin Hart's LOL Network. Every week, Tika and Ty invite women of color to talk about their unique perspective on motherhood, love, friendship, and everything in between. The Sugar is made for and by the modern brown mama. They wanted to make a safe space for all women, moms, moms-to-be, and those undecided to laugh, learn, and love on each other as they navigate life. Listen to The Sugar now in your favorite podcast app and make sure to subscribe and favorite. That is major because we cannot pour from an empty cup. Like we just can't. And a lot of folks, especially black women, at least how I was raised and a lot of the black women that I've spoken with, like we feel like we have to kind of do it all, be it all and be great at it and constantly be showing up and being just being everyone's everything. And Mm -hmm. I didn't see moments growing up of pause, like with my mother and grandmother. It was like, no, mm-hmm. where the matriarchs were getting things done. There is no time mm-hmm. for rest. There is only time for getting things done. And they were often depleted. They were often mm-hmm. unable to show up when they really needed to. So mm-hmm. that's something I vowed to as a parent, as a mother, as a Black mother, that I am going to take care of myself so that I can take care of my kids. I can pour into my husband. I can pour into my work, into my friendships. Because if I'm empty, no one is getting anything good. Like they're getting scraps. <laughs> if that, they really may not be getting anything, you know? Um, they're getting the hard edges. <laughs> Seriously. So I'm so happy that your husband shared those really encouraging words. Like it's okay to just let go a little bit. It's okay to ease up and you don't have to show up as a hundred percent all the time. And we don't get that permission to do that often. Like mm-hmm. even when we think about it, we're like, no, we have to show up a hundred, but how can we, if there's nothing in the care for the picture or whatever we're envisioning, if there's nothing there, right. we can't show up. So that's right. really just pivotal. Thank you for sharing that. Before we go, of course, I want to talk to you about being at Everlane and I've been a customer of Everlane since their inception. And I think it's super amazing how they've grown and the transparency that they offer. And I definitely want to talk to you about being a woman of color in your position at Everlane and how advocating for diversity and equality shows up in your work. Yeah, so 
I am incredibly happy to be at Everlane and, you know, a brand that really, truly values and doing the right thing and doing the right thing and being transparent about its process. Mm-hmm. You know, advocating for diversity and equality, it shows up the moment I walk into a door, a meeting or any type of review of creative. It's not something that like I can do just on certain projects. It's not a campaign. It's the mm-hmm. way in which I view the world and I take it deeply personal. And so it's not this kind of filter and checkbox on if we're being diverse enough or if we're showing equity throughout, you know, the way that we operate. It's really just a way of being. And Everlane as a company and as a brand has been really receptive and open to just continuously trying to do better. And that's something where I don't feel a battle. It's not emotionally taxing for me to show up in that way, which has felt really good. That's amazing. I've always admired their ability to be leaders in transparency. And I feel like they were really the pioneers of Mm -hmm. being open about their costs and their Mm -hmm. factories. And Mm -hmm. um, it's just great that they're setting an industry standard in that way. So before we go, I always Mm -hmm. try to ask a little icebreaker question (laughs) to round off the conversation. What would you tell your younger self if you could sit down and have a conversation with her today? I would tell the younger version of Francesca, do not try to figure out every piece of who you are right now. Mm. Let your story continue to grow and be okay with an evolution. Thanks for listening to the show today. Please rate, subscribe, and review. Also, feel free to share with a friend. We love having our community grow. Music is by DC's own Kokai. The Hey Girl podcast is produced by Wayne Bertram and me, Alex L.